Hey guys, it's Steven. If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving a podcast rating wherever you're listening. Uh, that's one of the best ways to help us grow. Also, please find us on Instagram at FantasyPantsPod and share it with your friends. Thank you so much. in its head, and hearing dread whispers, the rattlesnake fled, then chased frightened horse back into the fray, where unguarded jester stood still in its way. Zeb dropped a villain as Jean shook off fright, and jester swung hammer, Jules moved to his side, and they fought, oh, they fought. We're going to step back to just a few minutes ago. We see a busy thoroughfare in Promise, fully caught up in the fanfare and excitement of the Awakening Festival. We hear songs being exchanged, laughing crowds, and just over all this, the voice of a young girl. Y'all want a dolly? We focus on Hannah, the, the little doll merchant, as she proffers one of her straw-made wares to a tall figure standing in front of her, and the camera pans slowly upwards until we see a familiar face. And now I have to ask the all-important question. Do you want a dolly, Eminrath? A dolly? A dolly? I can never say no to a dolly. (laughs) Hell yeah. Oh, uh, you see, uh, welcome back, Stomp. First of all, <laughs> you see, uh, this, this, boys. this young girl, uh, hearing this, just beams, um, seven copper, please. And she reaches up with this doll. And as this exchange is about to be made, Evan Roth, you feel a, a rough tug on your shoulder. <laughs> and you, you turn to see Bink, your new sidekick, eyes narrowed and focused down the street ahead. Before he has time to answer you, you begin to hear the screaming. In moments, a crowd of panicking, fleeing civilians fills the street, moving towards you. Yelled and pant cries of Snake and Rattler can be barely heard above the roaring chaos. Nazis are pushing past you as Hannah, the little girl, vanishes, disappearing off to the side, joining in the screaming crowd. Do you approach? the area from whence they come? I do. Bink at your side, you begin to move. And so, fighting through the crowd, we see two figures mad enough or brave enough to move towards a source of this danger. And as you charge down the road, start breaking free of the civilian mob, and quickly you gain speed, just two set, uh, sets of features. Boom, 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 bo
And with that, hey everybody, how you doing? <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm getting scared. Oh, to the <laughs> rescue! To the rescue! Welcome back, Em and Rash. Yeah. Oh yeah. So glad to be back. This is cool. I'm getting scaled. A little celebratory crack. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Oh wow, we have one hell of an episode coming up tonight, guys. I mean, like, wow, thing on thing on thing. We have a we have a natural one to deal with, and we'll get to that. Jeremy, <laughs> shut up. I know you're excited. We'll get to it. Uh, we got a guest again. Yeah. Uh, right in the nick of time to save our boys from the fire. Yeah, really yeah. good time. Emin Rath is here with his partner Bink. So glad we got you guys in for that cameo to really build into this moment. I am thrilled for this. Yeah. Um. Before we get to all of that, there is something I want to start getting getting on top of here uh, in Fantasy Pants, uh, and that is discussing our itsy-bitsy little mistakes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, because, let's be straight, there are a lot of them, and hey, it can be tricky sometimes to, 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 to balance you know, speed and entertainment with, uh, with, with, with your running a game, so we want to really hammer down on trying to make sure these, these uh, fights are cleaned up. We want to make these mistakes so you all listen to this don't have to. Right, you'll hear what we do wrong. You'll hear how we how we correct it, and you'll know. Hey, all right, I can do it right next time. So, I got a list of what we're calling wedgies. Oh, nice! Whoops! <laughs> Everybody loves a wedgie. <laughs> all right, well, whenever I list one of these, you guys gotta make a wedgie sound, whatever that <sighs> means. Um, and you gotta make that. it. You gotta make it as that. loud as it as it deserves to be. Um, for the mistake made. All right, so boom, wedgie one. I forgot. And this is actually uh, my own fault because it's a homebrew-created monster, but I was supposed to, based on my homebrew monster, give uh, Jean Franklin half damage if he saved against the poison instead of nullifying it entirely. So, oh! <laughs> oh! That was a good one. Oh. We're going to follow that up. <laughs> my my uh, wedgie sound was going to be more like a, ooh! <laughs> <laughs> save it, save it. We've got plenty uh, more the, wedgies to go. That one was painful. Yeah. Uh, it's painful for me, mostly. You guys made off great on that one. Uh, but hey, coin flip on that. We forgot to give half the fire damage from Zebulon's fire breath to the snake. Yep, that was my wedgie. Ah, thank you. I was waiting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one has no impact. It's more purely a scene thing. I said an arrow was poisoned at one point when I actually hadn't taken the action the previous round to poison it. It missed anyway, and uh, the visual was cool. So whatever. They had a second poison arrow. I don't care. It looked cool. Didn't didn't affect the fight. I that's liked a, it. That's a soft wedgie. That's a soft wedgie. Someone make a soft wedgie sound. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. <laughs> uh, big one. Uh, kind of, sort of. So when we cast... Uh, Dissonant Whispers, and the snake turned and ran away, uh, Jean Franklin should have had an AOO on the fleeing snake as it left this area of, of, of attack. <clears throat> All right, turn around. I'll give you a real wedgie. Yes. <laughs> Please. Oh, you think that's Please. bad? You wait to the big mama of all our mistakes, and it's one that's going to make Steven cry because Steven rolled a crit after using uh, his, his bonus action to, what's that called? Precision Strike? Something strike. I didn't write Great. that one down, but I have it here. <laughs> <clears throat> Steady aim. Steady aim. Great. I'm glad we got that. Had it Steady the whole aim. time. <laughs> uh, if you use that bonus action, you get advantage on the following attack. Here's the thing. If you advantage on attack, you should get a sneak attack bonus. And when you crit, you should have crit with your sneak attack bonus as well, which would have made that a massive boost in damage. Yeah. So the way I'm seeing this is we had mistakes on both sides. Honestly, it kind of equals out. Jean Franklin would be practically at death's door if I had done that half poison damage. Um, 
but the snake would have taken a lot more damage. Or no, actually, the, the, the guy would have taken a lot of damage. You would have taken that guy out in round one rather right. than two rounds. So it all kind of works out. And honestly, the the, the theme, uh, the scene, the thematics, all oh, super, super cool. Loved it all. Um, yeah. We'll call it a wedgie wash. Call it a wedgie wash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. No one knows what that means. Uh, here we are. Now, one more quick thing to touch on before we just dive right back into this fight because people have been waiting. Let's talk about fumbles for a quick, quick second because this is a big thing that a lot of people, a lot of DMs, I mentioned this last time, they don't care for the sort of sort of fumble mechanic. Uh, you roll a one, you get punished. Now, I understand that it does suck as a player. And in my normal campaigns, I don't normally run it. But for radio, I love it. Because it just doubles the excitement of like, you know, whenever you roll a 20 on radio, it's so exciting to like have that big like dramatic pass or, or crit moment. But like you get to have those on ones too. It's it, the dread and like just ending an episode on, oh yeah, a bad thing happens and we know it's going to happen because of one. I love that. But I mean, I, I, w- I would argue that the fumble should happen to the person that rolled the one instead of their sidekick. But that's just me. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> In this case, don't worry. You're the one that's that's gonna get a uh, hit with the fumble hammer. But here's the other thing with fumbles, fumbles, fumble umbles. Uh, so when we when I when I when I craft these fumble punishments, I'm not just gonna think of some random terrible thing to have. I know horses has been a thing. It's funny. I enjoy that. It's gonna keep happening because I love it. But there are situations where I'm gonna really weigh the moment and see what feels dramatic and exciting as a punishment for that moment, that action, that thing that happened. And I'm saying this because the way I'm resolving this fumble might seem a little out of left field, but I think it's pretty cool. And with that, I would like to move into a little flashback scene. I'm going to say, like, in the moment we see Jules moving up, you're about to cast that, that one, of your, one of your innate spells inflict wounds. You know the magic. You feel it so familiar in your hand. You've used it a few times now. And as you reach out towards this scaly creature, we push back in time. Black screen. We hear stone grinding in stone. Just covering a constant energetic thrum. These two sounds intermingle as a circular stone platform is rising up a long shaft, surrounded by a a blur of fine masonry. Up and up and up it goes. Jules. Yes? You stand on this platform, and you are being held tight by something very strong, made to stand in place as the platform slowly just begins to settle into the floor of a large, circular room. It's a room that you've seen very little of, and yet have always known. Your mother's private chamber, resting at the very top of the Tower of Authority. The room from where she looks down at all the little people far beneath her feet, and communicates with the horned lord she worships. The first thing that hits you is the smell sickly sweet with tangs of metal. A gentle uh, gust blows through from the far wall, which is lined with open windows where the room meets the edge of the tower. But this does nothing to drive out this, this stench. You see, this space is immaculately neat, yet filled with tools of occult ritual. 
candles and blades, chalks, other apparatus, all lining the walls and various stands and pouches. A massive bookcase stuffed with old tomes dominates one end of this room. And on the other stands a cabinet holding hundreds of tiny vials filled with a variety of strange things, from liquids to the husks of insects to teeth still connected to their roots. There are comfortable furnishings all throughout and multiple ornate desks. See, one desk sitting close to the chamber center is holding a a glass case that seems to be filled with a, a swirling black smoke trapped inside. There's also an enormous black bone jutting out from the center of the stone floor, looking like the the tip of a finger or claw, razor sharpened. You've seen other pieces of this fossil before, built into the other rooms on every floor of this tower. And you know that rumors state that all the five towers that Cerule was built around uh, have such creatures buried in their masonry. Rumors state that these fossils are the very reason for the tower's impossible structural integrity and the very magic that courses through their every stone. You hear a voice, familiar. Bring him. And then you see your mother standing beside the fossil, polishing its point with embroidered cloth. And even as she waits alone in her chamber, her bearing is undeniably regal. Her hair perfectly woven into a complex braid, the purple gown she wears, its wide skirt, spreading out beneath her is one of the finest you have seen. All dressed up, but for what? That that force behind you begins to push you forward towards the, the pointed fossil. That force, was it... Was it a person? Maybe. Maybe there wasn't a force. Maybe you just approached through your own will? Yeah, that must be the case. Your mother reaches for that glass case filled with that dark smoke as you are moved closer and closer towards her. And as she pulls the case open, the smell of burning meat strikes you, overpowering the other smells that fill this chamber. The smoke disperses throughout the room instantly, burning your eyes and filling your throat. From what you can see, your mother seems unaffected. And as it fades away, pouring out the open windows, the true contents of the glass case are revealed to you. A single candle, black wax and lit with a deep red flame. Your mother gently rests the case on a table, resting beside this great bone, and takes that simple candle in hand. There's an electricity to the air around you now, Jules, and a heaviness. And you are brought to her. And let me ask you now, Jules, this is, we'll say, scant months before you finally made your escape from this tower, from these, these, this family of yours. How old are you now? I'm about 15. These last few years have been particularly rough, ever since you've continued to refuse to give in to, to the future they want for you, to the rituals they, they, they force you through. All the, all the joy that you've enjoyed in your life has been peeled away, your loot gone. Your old tutors replaced by ones that belong to the same cult your mother seems to operate or at least be one of the the heads of. What do you look like now? I think I I think I've looked pretty similar my entire life. Okay. At least while I was with my family. Got that. A bit of of a raggedy mop hairstyle. Hell yeah. You know. 
clothes are still all just kind of ripped and raggedy. De definitely not what they had hoped for me, but whatever they gave me, I just ripped to shreds. <laughs> I love just it. Just to spite them. Your very appearance is an act of defiance. It, absolutely. I love it. You can see the distaste on your mother's face as you are brought before her. And she speaks. I have been preparing this for some time, child. Seems like a waste of time. <laughs> now I cannot force you to embrace the role the Horned Lun has set for you. But I can nudge you towards it. You can try. <laughs> you actually hear a voice speaking from somewhere behind and above you. And there's no, there's no character to the voice. And if you try to focus on it, your mind simply just slips off in an oil-slicked thought. To think you would need to take such measures. The child's defiance is a testament to your incompetence. Your mother responds, And what of your own progeny? Kalapsania seems to have no interest in moving her own plans forward. And then a phantom reply. My progeny serves more purpose unaltered. I would be wary of disparaging the very shield that protects you. And then there is no strange monotone voice. There never was. It's just you and your mother. Her hand snaps out in a blur of movement, taking hold of your wrist in a delicate fingers that mask a, a vicious grip. The force behind you holds your body tight. You cannot fight as your mother yanks your hand just over the point of the bone. Let go. Right now. She smiles, your palm hovering just over the sharpened tip. Fucking let me go. You cling to this form with such fervor, child. Why? You were born and raised to sit a throne much larger than mine or your father's. You insult me and fight me at every turn. It's a throne of lies and a throne of death. You refuse to open your eyes to the possibilities, to the honors that await you. Arrogant and churlish boy, you have no appreciation for the future I have painstakingly forged for you. I'm arrogant. I'm arrogant. Take a look in the mirror, you bitch. Make an insight check. We'll use your stats from uh, your, your current stats for this. Little flashback insight check. Nope. Okay. That's a two. You can never read your mother. She's so cold, always. Hmm. I have chosen to show you a tiny fragment of the freedom you deny yourself. And I know not what form this ritual will take, only that it will grant you power. Use it. Embrace it. Feel it. It's not freedom if you have to enslave everybody to get it. Use that hatred, Jules, that fear. Give thought and form to it, and they will give a new form to you. You know what I hate? I hate you. Good. Hold that, and you will be free. And then, we all will be. And with that, with a force, she presses your palm into the point. No! And holds it there. No! Your hand screams ah! with pain as red trickles begin to run down the side of the bone. Oh, fuck! She yanks your hand off the point and twists your palm upwards. And then very carefully, she pours the melting wax of the candle into the pooling blood in your palm. And you watch in horror as the black wax spreads and bubbles. It mixes with the blood, and the swirling liquid is sucked back into the open wound with an audible slurp. The wound closes, and the pain hits. 
It is unbearable, Jules. Like knives slicing through every inch of bone and <clears throat> muscle in your hand. God. And as your, how, how do you take this? Do you, do you just like grit? Yeah. Hell yeah. And as you just like hold this in, this, this pain, we pan away from the top floor of the Tower of Authority. And we fade to black again. Now, Jules, it would take days for this pain to subside and weeks for your new powers to manifest and be discovered. But we know now what these powers are. We've reflavored your shadow-touched feet for this. Mm -hmm. Your invisibility, your inflict wounds, your power to cast without a focus, little homebrew touch. These gifts or curses, however you may view them, that you gained that day. Well, your mother was right about one thing. They did indeed help to grant you freedom. Freedom from that tower. Freedom from her oppression. But that's a story for a different time. As we move back to promise. You step forward, Jules, to deliver this blow with this cursed magic given to you by dark rituals. And as you reach out, as you try to cast the spell, there is no spell. There is no wound, no pain. Not for the serpent. An excruciating and familiar pain strikes your hand, ripping through your flesh. You can see your veins moving, fingers cracking backwards. Your hand begins to swell up, and the skin rips open as dark smoke pours out of the wound, covering your hand and obscuring it. And as this smoke fades, what do we see? We see a hand that's been blackened, almost necrotic, long, sharp fingernails, and all over the tops of the hand and around the fingers are large, bulging, blood-red, glowing veins. (laughs) Holy hell. As this hand, not infused with the magic, like reaches out for the serpent, touches it uselessly. You can see Chester's eyes, like, wide and terrified, staring towards you. And that's going to be the top of the round. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Just like Just that. Boom. Wow. <laughs> top of the round. Zebulon, let's 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 redescribe this this situation for everybody. It's been a little while. We had a little bit of a scene there. Um, we are looking at the entranceway to this sort of great plaza filled with these multicolored tents. We can see uh, Zebulon is standing just at the edge of the plaza where the street opens up into it. He's kind of hiding under the cover of a building. Uh, he's just he's got arrow and bow and arrow in hand, and he's just dropped uh, Michael Scimitar. We've called him uh, one of these two guys that's been going in with a with a weapon. Uh, you called him. You named him that. Steven called him that because he's a doofus. So we see uh, another guy, bow at the ready, another one of these uh, bloody-eyed poachers. Uh, he's got his arrow trained towards Jean Franklin, who's uh, about 10 feet ahead of Zebulon, just, like, guarding him. And we move further to the plaza. And let me tell you, this map, oh, my goodness. I never really got to talk about this last time because I got so excited for the fight. But uh, sound pukey girl, Rochelle, holy crap. Um, 
she, I asked for the, just the Awakening Festival map, and she gave me the perfect thing. We got a wagon in the top corner for the snake. We got uh, a, a sort of one side that's all these all these multicolored tents running up it with a couple uh, little bit of brush here and there, some buildings around it, big fountain in the middle of the plaza, a stage at the bottom for like the the the, the choir, all singing the Awakening song. It's ooh, uh, very excited, very open. Uh, it's really lends itself well to this to this fight. We're gonna zoom across the map from from where Zebulon is, about seventy feet away. And we see uh, a giant rattlesnake coiled up, head raised high, fangs dripping venom, ready to deliver them down towards one of the two below it. You see Chester, hammer in hand, right by his side, Jules, who's just undergone a bit of an awakening himself. Zebulon, as you're standing there, uh, you probably also see this happen as you're kind of like caught by surprise. You feel a presence move up beside you. And you turn your gaze to see none other than Amonrath, the famed ranger of Moor and disciple of the Storm Eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's Amonrath. <laughs> oh, it's I, so good to be out. I can't believe you're here. <laughs> Before you can truly celebrate this reunion, though, you, you see right next to Amonrath, you see a nondescript man that you recognize only through seeing him on the Crystal Network earlier this day. You see Bink, knives in hand. And as you're kind of like, uh, you're having this moment, down the street behind all of you, you hear a voice ringing out. You spin around and see two more blood-eyed figures clad in leather armor and hunting guard, sliding out of the space between buildings uh. and then charging towards you, bearing scimitars. Really? You see Bink whirls around, throwing a knife into the leg of one. And as this figure slows, Fink draws a second blade and dashes down the road to meet him in battle. He gives you and then Rath a reassuring nod as he goes, and you know that Bink can handle himself in this 1v1. The other figure, however, is fixed on you and moves up to both Emenrath and Zebulon, his raised scimitar dripping with a viscous yellow liquid, and you recognize it, Emenrath, as a very venom used by the poachers on Sosunko that you've recently battled. You have only just arrived on God's breath, and yet you have already found your prey. Mm-hmm. And with that, we're going to hop right back into turn order in the top of the round. Is him in wrath. Yes. I just added this guy to the map. He's about uh, five feet away from you, Evan Roth, and ten away from you, Zebulon, as he's moving towards you down the road. I need to feel the wind in my beard. Is it possible to do a Zephyr? <laughs> Hell yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Bonus action, Zephyr strike. You uh, cast the spell, and yeah, again, like your body becomes, a, you know, starts to move like the wind. Zebulon, you recognize this perfectly. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Witnessed it on yes. Sunko. Let's do that. Now, to describe your situation, there's one injured-looking man, another one of these poachers who has an arrow and bow. Mm. Uh, he's about... 30 feet away from you right now. Yeah. About 70 feet away from you, you see the giant snake. Yes. And then about five feet behind you is this charging foe uh, coming to meet you now. So you have three potential targets. Yeah, we go for the, the bow and arrow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we go for the, the Hell yeah. Bow. Straight So you up. move your full movement and you can get right up in that guy's face. Yeah. Deeper into the plaza, right by the fountain side, and then yep. Wrath charges, blurred like the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sliding on my shield for speed. Holy Hell shit! Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! He just, he just went right by. That's the coolest <laughs> image. 
Holy shit. <laughs> Shield slides up. Want to make an attack roll? Yes. Hell yes. yeah. And if this lands, you can add a D8 to it. So give me your D20 roll. Nine. That's going to be a plus four for a 13. Okay. 13 hits exactly. Yeah, it does. Nice. Through this leather armor. Right. Now, here's the thing. This guy's already injured. And because of your Colossus Slayer passive from being a, uh, a hunter ranger, you can roll 2d8 already against him. And you can add a third d8 if you want because of your Zephyr Strike. You're going to release some of that wind energy in this. Or you can hold it. Okay, let's uh, do two. Let's do two. All right, cool. You're holding nice. that wind energy. Smart. Smart roll move. that die twice. Add him up. We got two and seven. So nine. Nine. A plus two on that. Eleven. Clinches it for the kill yeah, on this guy. That's it. All right. This guy looking surprised, shocked. He's got his bow up, and all of a sudden this figure blurs up to him, skating on a shield, and just cuts him down. What's it look like? <laughs> it looks like a wedgie from hell. <laughs> 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 I love that. And with that, old David Bowie <laughs> drops down. Thank God. With David a Y. Dead. With a Y. <laughs> Sliced down on the field. And now there's only two foes to worry about. A man approaching from behind and the rattlesnake ahead. And that's going to be... Well, it was going to be that guy. So, good move. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I lost my turn. Um... Wow, and my other guy, I'm counting his moving up to you to be his turn. So, Zebulon, that's you. It, it's a little bit harder because I, I, I knew that my move was going to be to go towards the snake, but now there's this guy behind me. I'll remind you, you are still frightened. Oh, Only Jean right. Franklin oh, passed. Yeah. Zebulon, okay. you will never in your entire life as a character pass a wisdom saving throw. Great, yeah, thanks. Yeah, just so you know. And just curious, Bink is tied up. He's yeah, he's he's you, you, he's you look fighting. over and see him, king 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 king, like like blades locking against each other. He's battling one of these guys. Got it. Own. Um, yeah, Zebulon's gonna see Emin Wrath fucking skate by, apparently, <laughs> and make this excellent kill. And and he's he's gonna second guess himself. He's gonna be like, I, I, I can't, I, I can't go into the fight here. I, I gotta, I'll just be the back line. And and out of fear, he'll turn around and and race towards this this new combatant. Uh, dropping his bow, withdrawing both of his uh, sabers. There it is. And going for uh, some melee attacks here. Nice. Remember, this guy's got poison on his weapon. If he gets the turn off, it could be very bad. All right. And since uh, now that Zebulon is a swashbuckling rogue out here all alone with nobody else beside him, he gets a sneak attack. Nice. Oh, yes. That's uh, 23, I think. Yeah, that's going to hit. Oh, yeah. You're fine. You're all right. You're all right, Zebulon. That's it. All right. That first one's a D8 plus three. All right. So that's 10 on just the uh, melee damage. Let me add my 2D6 sneak attack. That's another eight. Then I'm going to use two-weapon fighting. I mean, for... that's 18 damage? Yeah. You don't need to use two-weapon fighting. Oh, excellent. Hell you yeah. just wow. drop this guy in one. 
my nice. god, Rogues. Nice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you just slide it in and boom, boom, uh, immediately drop him. Excellent. Wow. 2d6, baby. Nice work. Then I'm going to roll my wisdom save to see if I can... Yeah. Because now I can't get any closer. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, you can't even see him now. You can't even shoot. Maybe I might just take himself out of the fight. <laughs> well, I can at least get within within sight. But if he's in, if the snake is in sight, I can't right. get any closer. That's true. Hey, good on you. Hey, right. Look at that wedgie we almost had. Look huh? at that. Been doing a little bit of reading <laughs> Wedgie here. avoided. All right. Yeah, that's a, that's not a pass. Okay. I mean, of course not. Um, <laughs> Zebulon, you drop this guy and put a big old red X on him because it looks so cool. Never mind. He's too close to the edge of the screen. Um, this became a process. So, so can I at least get to the, get back to the point where I can see the snake without yeah, moving any closer? You can totally do that. You can okay. drop right to here. Boom! You move back down to the side of the building, uh, into the main plaza, right at the sort of edge of it, and you see the snake still looming over Jules. The exact Chester. spot where he dropped his bow. Yeah, step on your bow and break it. Hint, hint, wink, wink. It's gone now. And with that, that's gonna be Chester. Uh, Chester's still wielding his warhammer. He is indeed. And he's going to go after the snake with his warhammer. Okay. I'm trying my original metal D20 that I haven't used in quite a while. Ooh, all right. Because the other D20s have been a little cold. So let's see. That one's cold, too. That one's going in dice jail. That dice jail was looking a little empty. I was kind of thinking, like, we need somebody. (laughs) That's that's only a five to hit. Yeah, that's not going to do it. No, it's not. I know. Um, so Chester goes to strike Snake, uh, sort of sort of weaves back, and goes wide of the mark. This isn't good. This thing can deal some serious damage if you can't pass those con saves for its poison. But there is one person that has a chance to act still before this thing goes, and that person is Jean Franklin, now fully cured of his fear, eyes burning. I, I, what are you going to do, Stephen? I don't like the fact that my life is in John Franklin's hands. <laughs> well, yeah, the shitty part is that John Franklin can't get there in 30 feet. He's within 30 feet, isn't he? You'll have to tell, you'll have to tell me the you're roller, all within David. 30 feet. No, he is oh, 60 away. Yeah, I also have to go. Oh, I also have to go like 10 feet just to grab his spear. Oh, no, he's, yeah, about 45 to 50 feet away. So not quite able to get there within uh, within one movement. Um. All right. But I, I have one thing that I might that or Jean has one thing he might be able to do. So Jean will will walk up, reach around or past Emin Rath to grab his spear out of David Bowie and continue the rest of his movement towards the snake. Okay. When he gets to the end of his movement, he's gonna try to rebuke evil. Interesting. Um Interesting. Okay. So, this, I, I mean, will only apply if the snake is aligned evil. I need to look at something. But if the snake is aligned evil, uh, he'll have to succeed on a DC 11 save or be frightened for one minute. Oh. Or until it takes damage. Okay. This is a bonus action? Um, on my sheet here on D&D Beyond, it doesn't say whether it is an action or a bonus action. Oh, no, it's, yeah, sorry. First sentence, Stephen. The knight can use an action to okay. frighten evil aligned creatures. You've already used your action to double move. Oh, I said I wanted to use the rest of his oh, movement. Oh, you okay? Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. I thought because you wanted to move it, up to the snake. It's uh, each evil creature within thirty feet. Okay, so you're a little ways away. Yeah, you get there. Uh, you go to cast this. 
And as Jean Franklin kind of like holds himself ready, like, all right, here we go. Move away, evil fiend! And he kind of like holds his spear out and, and just tries to like, 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 we see this almost magical aura just starts to pulsate off of him and blast towards it. And the snake in the wake of this aura looks up. It's a really low roll. But he's immune. I just wanted to. Just okay. Yeah. That. Sure. That's kind of what I thought. So he like blinks. I was, I was reading your cadence, and, and I was like, <laughs> "He's not evil aligned." He blinks because he's a beast, and he's unaligned with any alignment at all. Oh well, fuck me. <laughs> hey, you're learning. <laughs> uh, all right, but hey, you know, Jumper got halfway there. He tried something. He's just like, "Well, shit." <laughs> um, guess whose turn it is. The term we've all been waiting for. It's Mr. Snake. Fuck. And I've got two targets here. <laughs> two targets to strike at. Chester did some damage last round, but Jules did something real funky right there. This thing sees sn- the smoke kind of clearing away, bo- uh, sort, of, sort of billowing off your hand as it like, clears up. You see something strange happening and feels some threat from you. And I think he's going for you. Almost scared. This predatory instinct, his eyes sharpen, and he rears back and dives down for a bite. The stat page. All right, here we go. Definite hit. What? Uh, It was like a 23. Fuck. Yeah, (laughs) it's a definite hit. Oh, yeah, here we go. (laughs) Jules, that is 11 points of damage. God damn. As his fangs rip into you, sinking deep into your flesh. I'm still up. I'm afraid I need a constitution saving throw from you. As poison starts being pumped into your veins. What? Oh, yes. This is bad. (sighs) It's bad. God. It's a 16. That's a pass. Yeah, that's that's huge. You're going to take half damage still. But that, I'll I'll tell you around, full damage almost certainly would have dropped you. Half damage, we'll see. Not with two rolls. Three rolls? What the fuck? Honestly, I rolled really bad. It doesn't matter. Only three points of damage. It doesn't matter. Half. I'm at zero. I'm unconscious. Uh, really? Whoa. He had three you know HP my, left. You know oh, my, yeah, right. That's exactly, my HP. It's exactly 14, isn't it? Wow. So, Jules, you hold against this thing, and you see that same telltale defiance in your eyes as poison sinks into you. I think I, I just imagine Jules glaring up at the serpent, almost not reacting as this is pumped into his body. And then we slowly see that defiance like fade as Jules' eyes begin to close and blur. And you fall unconscious. But you're not making death throws yet. But Chester's still up, still terrified. And I think this just shook him out of his sort of fear seeing what happened to you. And you see that fear replaced instantly by rage at this creature that has just hurt you. And now, Jules, it is your turn. I want to see a death, death save. I don't remember the last time I made a death saving throw. <laughs> Pick a good die. It passed. 19. 19. Okay. Almost a crit. That would have been huge. That's one oh, pass. Boy. Crit would have been amazing. I do want to say, I didn't want to do it this round because I, I, it's, it's kind of like I don't want to like backseat help too much. But do remember Jean Franklin's reaction. It is probably yeah. the best thing he has. I know, I know that. That's okay. what I. That's what I should have done instead of tried to, to evil rebuke. But um, oh, no, where? No, I just want to make sure you're aware. I know there's like a lot of stuff to keep track of on these sheets. So I'm make sure it's clear there. But always remember that that reaction might be his literally his best quality. Yeah, appreciated. Um, cool. So, Jules is down. 
but he's slowly kind of coming back. I think of that moment and that darkness. Jules, you're lying there. You feel this pain emanating from your hand. And you can hear a phantom voice just by your ear. Look at me. I think in my head, I'm saying, not a fucking chance. Holy shit. You're going to have to kill me first. Oh, and as you're you having this thought, we pan away from Jules' mind to the snake hanging overhead. Top of the round. And that's going to be Emin Roth. Mm-hmm. Now, halfway through this uh, this plaza, what do you want to do? I think I need to go for that snake. Okay. To help out. That's my first instinct. Okay, yeah. Um... Yeah, Emerath, you barely manage. Still, still blurring. You, you kick up your your shield, and with that wind or aura around you, just blow, sliding across the plaza, blurring past Jean for like an ah, hey, uh, and you right up. There's like a like a, like a uh, sort of stand in front of this thing. I, I just like to imagine you essentially like jump on off the shield, sliding onto the table. Yeah, that's um, what I was thinking. Right before this thing, sword in hand, you're there, and you can attack. Right on. So I look at the snake and I go. You don't rattle me. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, my gosh. Nice. So what do I have left here? I can do a hundreds mark? Um, you, you, uh, yeah, bonus action. You still have it. You want to? I do. All right, yeah. yeah. I was thinking of doing that, yeah. Casting hunter's mark as well. So so you look at this thing, you cast hunter's mark, and you mark this thing as your prey. You say right. that as like you mark it, and this snake, again, like this tinge of fear enters its eyes as it feels the gaze of a predator. Upon yeah, it, something yeah. it has probably never felt because it's so huge. It's 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 the apex predator mm-hmm. until it met Emenorath. Um, holy shit! Uh, you have wind active, so you can do a bonus D8 to this thing as well. So mm-hmm. if you you can roll an attack, if this lands, you're going to get a bonus D8 from Colossus Slayer. You could get a bonus D8 from Zephyr Strike and a bonus D6 from your uh, Hunter's Mark. This is going to be a big damage hit. Okay. If you land the attack. All right. So D8. It's a D20 first. Let's see if you can uh, let's right. see if you can hit this guy. Okay, plus four. Four? Just a four? It was a four. Four. Well, this is going to be an eight. eight. does not hit. This thing weaves out of the way. Yeah. Not quite able to land that strike on it. But you still have those buffs active. And this thing is looking scared of you. Oh, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll so add extra die next next turn. Yeah. All right. Emerald Wrath is up there. Uh, so... That is going to be Zebulon. Yeah, I mean everyone's everyone's on the other side of the plaza, and Zebulon's standing there, and he's trying to psych himself up, and he, he's just not in it, and he reaches down. Come on, Zebulon! Come on! Come on! He grabs his bow, and uh, bonus action, steady aim to give himself advantage, which from this distance is going to give him sneak attack. So I hate to do this. I am going to give this this snake a plus two to AC from this attack because yeah, it's pretty well crowded. Yeah, because Evan Wrath is right in front. No, you know what? I'm not going to. I'll tell you why. Because Jules is down, and that creates an opening right there. Okay. If that's Jules was not down, I would give you the plus two. Or I give him plus two. I'm not going to. Um, that's more than oh, fair. Man. All right, so I'm going to roll it just uh, straight up plus five short bow short bow roll twice for steady aim. Okay. First one's only a 12. Second one's even worse. 12 Shit. will not hit. So the, the arrow goes goes wide. God, come on, Zebulon. What are you? I'm in ass here. You gotta look cool. Julie's on the ground. My friends are dying. 
Uh, and and that's make that's all save. he's got. He's just going to make his wisdom save. God, it's um, so sad. Like what, for this character in particular, what a moment to just right. not be able to make that move. Yeah, for real. Wow. <laughs> that's a twelve on the die oh, minus no. three. Oh, Zebulon, it's 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 heartbreaking. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really not good. It's really not good. Wow. Make me a perception check. Seven on the die, minus one. Uh, don't worry about it. I'm going to put this in, in jail. <laughs> All right. Um, Man, two turns, bunch of misses. Trying to, try to like, throw you a bone and you can't roll a perception check. <sighs> Jeremy, um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> holy shit. Holy shit. But there's more heroes than just Zebulon in this field. For instance, there's Chester. Chester's going to go in with his Warhammer. He's going to use his mote of potential from the Barney Conspiration. Oh, nice, shit. Yeah. On this attack roll. That is cool as so, hell. For this attack roll, you have to succeed on a con saving throw or take thunder damage equal to the die that I roll for the Bardic Conspiration. Okay. All right, so roll the attack. Roll the uh, uh, d20 first with the Bardic die. And then when you, if you land the attack, I'll make that save. Oh, it doesn't say if I land the attack. Oh, really? It just says you have to make a con save. Okay. For any creature that I attack. Okay. Does it say successfully attack? Nope. All right. Then I think that... that Well, just for for the listeners here, let me read the entire thing. The target and each creature of your choice that you can see within five feet of it must succeed on a con saving throw or take thunder damage equal to the number rolled on the Bardic Inspiration die. Oh, yeah. So you're the target whether or not it hits. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. That is really good. It was already really good, and now it's even more really good. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to get... Now, I'm going to give this guy a plus two to AC, because I feel like it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jerry had lowest I want to kill you face. Oh, my goodness. 13 to hit. 13 just barely misses. Uh, just Well, you still take four. You still take four thunder damage. Can we see how save? That is a six on the die. Fail that save for sure. Yeah, you did. Okay, you know what? That's that's not nothing. This thing has already been. I will reiterate. This thing has been hurt a lot. We have John Franklin before this, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's yep. that's come three on. misses in a row. Come on, like it's rough. Come on. This has been a stinker. This, this, this is it, or Jules is dead. Stinker of a round. Well, at least there are, there are other combatants. Not before the snake, right? But the snake could could hit somebody else. John Franklin. It's David. <laughs> it's David. It's David. All right. Um. So, so David, if, if Jean steps into that space between Emin Rath and Chester, excuse me, Emin Rath and Chester, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, that's that's five feet away, right? Because the snake is taking up part of that space, at least the. Yes, yeah, of course, yeah. As long as he's diagonal, the snake, he's fine. Okay, so you, perfect. He slides up right beside, right beside Jules' down body, um, right next to Emin Rath, standing on a desk just above him. Gosh, he's just going to go in for an attack here. Okay. Holy shit! This is. Whew. Close. All right, John's got a plus three to hit. The only foe in the field. That's a 16 to hit. 16 will hit. All right, so that's a D6 plus one, because he's got his shield. That's max damage. That's seven damage. Holy shit. Mm. Okay. Nice. Just comes in with that spear and seven damage, huh? Yeah. That is solid. So this thing, actually, before I describe this, uh, what kind of damage does the does a, the, your, your bardic inspiration do? Is it thunder? You said. 
It's thunder damage. So, like, Chester on his turn whirls out. Just barely a snake managed to move back from it. And just is kind of looking a little snake cocky. You see this blur of sonic energy blast out from the hammer swing and smash the snake as it kind of, its head gets turned upright. And as it's kind of like dazed from this, Jean Franklin slides in with a spear and shoves it right through the snake, right through like one of its, it's part of its long coil. And it just hisses out in pain. And now it has four targets, four targets to strike at. One of them down. And honestly, I know what you think, but I got to play to the snake. And the snake, while it's hungry, while it wants to eat, it can't go for down prey while it's surrounded by threats. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to roll a d4. One is Chester, two is Jean Franklin, three and four are oh, Eminem Rath because he's shown himself to be the biggest threat right now. Uh, this thing, like that, that, that hunter's mark scared the shit out of this thing. So that's what we're going to do. It's a one. Oh, no. God fucking damn it. That... Hunter's Mark was scary, but that sonic damage, that blur of force, now that's the unknown, and there's nothing scarier than that as a snake <laughs> coils back and dives down for Chester. I think at this point, for me, Chester dying is worse than Jules dying. This is potentially very, very bad. But Chester's still tough. He hasn't taken a hit yet, right? No. All right, is, then. Is Chester within five feet of Jean Franklin? He's yes. not. What? Yeah. Jules is next to Jean. Chester's just Okay, yeah, him. he's a space away. Unfortunately, the one person Jean can't protect. Jean sees this, and I think he's like, his hands go out, like, in that, no, sort of, because he realizes he can't quite get there yeah. in time as this thing bites down. That's iffy. It's actually only a 14 to hit. That just hits. Oh, get out. Holy shh. Okay. Chester's going down. I need a con save from Chester. What's Chester's HP? What, what's what's his bonus? Okay, there. Uh, he see, takes. He takes. See, first, he takes nine points of damage <sighs> from the fangs. It's an eight. Where's Bink when you need him? Where is Bink? <laughs> Damn it! Down in Massachusetts. Might be okay. Classic. Seven more points of damage on Chester. Chester's still up. Holy shit. Chester takes the full run. You see his vein bites in, and you see his veins popping, his body swelling, and he's barely standing, his legs trembling. He's just standing there. Jules, not going to let you hurt. Jules. He's just like gritting himself and just everything it takes to stand tall. Just so the listeners can get a visual here, I am like on the verge of passing out. Serious. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this oh. is so fucking intense. You got another round. Before that other round to stop this snake, before it gets another potential killing blow on somebody here. I need a death save, Jules. It's a fail. The it's head. an eight. Your hand throbs, and that darkness closes in on you. So thick, so heavy, so all-encompassing, and so, 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 so vast. Zebulon. No, sorry. Amen Wrath, top of the round. That's going to be you. Mm. This thing dodged st- your attack before. <laughs> you might be the one that can save us here. Yeah. And then, this is a great episode for you to come back. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. my yeah. God. Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah. One last minute cancellation from uh, from Stomp, and it's fucking over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This was a necessity. <laughs> All right. What other podcast do you go on where it's like, oh, you can't make it? Okay, well, I guess we'll just die. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of pressure. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So I'm curious, can 
can I move as a distraction? Can I move out of the way? Will this snake follow me as a distraction to give time for the others? That is interesting. Is if that you a move out of the way, you're going to take an AOO. But if you take the AOO, I'm going to get a free attack on you that's not even on my turn. Right. But if you do that, I'm going to let you do this. I, I, because two attacks on this thing might drop you. A crit in this thing yeah. will likely drop you. This is still very dangerous. Yeah. What you're doing is a madman thing. I have faith. All right. I think I... I like this. I, I, like I think this. we should do this. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. So what do you do? First, I need you, I need you to describe to me how you're provoking this attention. <laughs> well, I'm on top of the boxes, correct? Yes. 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 What I do is I take my top knot and I start swinging it wildly, like a lasso. <laughs> and I say, yoo-hoo, <laughs> And I jump out of the way, hoping to lure the beast away from my friends. Wow. That I've grown accustomed to on Subsanko. Wow. It, 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 it's, like, it's like rearing up over Chester, so I get it, and he hears it. Woo, it just, it's, its head whirls. Its eyes focused on you. And you start to move. Mm-hmm. You jump out of the way, and you're looking, how might I say, rather tasty. <laughs> hey. Uh, I'm going to take an attack on you as you try to jump. That's iffy. That is only going to be a third, yeah, 13 to hit. And your AC is 15. Sacrifice. You Hell jump yeah. out of the way. Uh, the, 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 the table you're standing on, it just breaks in two as a snake <laughs> bites through it, <laughs> hissing. Uh, how far do you want to move? You can move 30 feet if you want or less. Just like 10. Okay, 10 feet away? Yeah. Great. Yeah. You drop down. You move right under the cover of this uh, yellow the... yellow canopy above you where you can lure this yeah. thing in. Yeah, that's wow. perfect. Wow. I like that. I like that. I do. All right, all right. Uh, that is going to be Zebulon. Zebulon, you oh, can't yeah. move, and you're watching Eminrath make himself into live bait ahead of you. A real luminary. Well, right. And and the, the, <laughs> the snake starts coming closer to Zebulon, and he's even oh, more afraid. Yeah. Oh, boy. He's even more afraid. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And, uh, I mean, I, I hate to be one note, but I'm going to play the the same, the same uh, tactic here. I'm going to do steady aim and... Uh, Shoot a couple of shots off. All right. Maybe you'll actually hit once. Um, yeah, so so with advantage, if I use a button now, does that mean I get plus two on both of those advantage rolls? Yes. I'm, I'm going to do it. Okay. I need to hit. Okay, so that's, that's, you're cashing in a button. Double advantage is advantage and a bonus by my house rules. So that's going to be advantage and a plus two. Thank you, sir. I need a good die, though. Oh my god, it's a crit. It's a crit? Dude, I just crit nice. with advantage. I smell something. I smell something. Stop it. It, 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 stank, it, stank, no. it stank like crit. It stanks, it. it stanks like crit in here. Every time. We just did, we just messed it up last episode, so this is like so righteous. That's true. <laughs> That's epic. true. Dude, this is Woof. excellent. Cool. All right, let's walk through it here. There is hope. Yeah, so it's <laughs> so it's 2d6 plus 3 for the crit. Yep. And then my sneak attack is 2d6. 46. 
Oh my god. Are you serious? Is that for real? Oh yep. my You double god. any die you roll that's not behind a save, basically. Are you telling me I roll 66 plus 3? You roll 66 plus 3. Dude, I'm, I'm crazy in my pants over here now. <laughs> this is rogues. That's right. what they do. I mean, give me like six minutes to count out six. Actually, we have so many we have fucking six, die We have here. 66. Oh my god. You can roll 66 at once. No, if the, you thing, want to. the thing that's going to take me oh. six minutes is doing the fast math. And actually, while you're doing that, let me rectify one thing before I have a wedgie to make out of it. You have your ability. You actually can't be AOO'd. So you blur away from this thing, and it tries to chomp, and it literally can't. You're the <laughs> wind. <laughs> Got it. Got so it. Nice. Yeah, so you make a fool of this thing. I'm glad I missed, because I would have anyway. Um, <laughs> wow, yeah. David, I, I, I think I need to... Nice. Um, what's it called when like a police officer comes up to your car? Inspect? No, where they like can like just like jump in and drive away in it. What? Commandeer? Commandeer. I need to commandeer <laughs> oh. your dice tower. Oh. You may have my dice tower, sir. Really? Yeah. Really? This sounds gonna, so nice. This is either going to be fantastic or awful. <laughs> All Dude, one. one how can, two. No, no, no. There's come no on. middle ground here. How can 66 plus Dude, 3 You're going to drop wrong? the dice in my tower, and only two <laughs> dice are going to come out the bottom. Okay, but can... I mean... <laughs> the other ones are going to be gone forever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that 66 plus 3 can drop this thing. Maybe. Is that within the realm of possibility, you think? Maybe. All right. Great. Thanks. He ain't going to give you <laughs> shit. Poker face. Oh, holy shit! Is it the biggest damage we've seen in this game so far? Uh, oh yeah, I think for so. certain. Absolutely. Give me some math. I'm I'm working on it, but now I'm nervous. <laughs> Principles Did you say of the 24? 24. Is that the plus plus three? Wow. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven damage. Six six five one two three plus. No, three. twenty-six. Sorry, twenty-six. We got it. 26 damage. Only 26? Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh this God. giant rattlesnake whirls its head towards Emirat. And as it kind of begins to, like, move its way towards there, as its head sort of rises up after they smash down to the table, you see an opening. Perfect opening as it sort of moves away from your allies that are sort of gathered around it. This is what you've been waiting for, Zebulon. Come on. Hands firm. No longer shaking. Legs stop shaking. Zebulon, it's fucking hero time. Steady aim. Arrow launches. Where do you hit this snake when you kill it? Oh! Right in the eye. Nice. Right in the Holy eye. Holy sh- snake eyes. This <laughs> arrow slides. Uh, like right under her chest, there's arrowhead sticking out from her earlier from its head. You snap it right in the eye, and this thing with one last hiss and a rattle drops down oh, into the nice. dirt of the plaza dead wow cool what a everything goes quiet i just breathed for the first time in an hour everything is very very quiet you see uh the area around you is still quite cleared out and jules you're still on the ground you're still unconscious anyone gonna do something about that or you just want to let him let them bleed out no. Right, yeah, so Jules, yeah, we're just going to let him bleed out, two, actually. Make a few more death saves for yeah, me. We're going to start shopping oh around God. the plaza here. A few minutes uh, pass. No, um, Jean, Jean will well, run that over. Was a, that was a pass. <laughs> Jean will run Look over. Look at that, nat 20. I'm Damn up. It. Hey, you're up. <laughs> Jean reaches down to, to lay on hands, but Jules just pops up in his face. Um, and Jean will give him the, the last point. Oh, yeah. So what does that mean? I got one? The you wound got, closes. Got one. I got one Just point. a bit. The, the the sort of wound around the fang starts to close. Maybe like that I, uh, that wound like you know isn't so bad, but like the poison's still in you and it still hurts, still aches. Okay, so I think in in Jules' fashion, 
He's going to open his eyes, and immediately, without hesitation, he's going to cast Cure Wounds on himself. Okay. Very aware of the Hell situation. Yeah. It's Jules. <laughs> you go to you go to cast this Jules, and like as you're casting it, um, you almost don't get a chance to get the spell off, as a Chester just drops down on top of you, just like, just like <laughs> grabbing you in this big hug. Oh, that's great because it's Max. Hell yeah! So, so it's you... one one d eight plus three, so that's eleven. That's Hell five. yeah! That's eleven. So that brings me up to thirteen out of fourteen. Jules, <laughs> Jules, you're up, Jules. Yeah. Holy shit! I thought it got you. Just I'm fine. I'm oh fine. shit! I'm fine. <laughs> All right. I'm fine. All right. Yeah. We're good. We're good. Did you see the size of that thing, Jules? Holy shit! No, I didn't. I didn't. No. I hit it with my hammer. Holy shit! You did. You did good fucking work. You did good work, Chester. Um. He guy lingers on you for a second, and then he sort of moves back and just like collapses down onto his butt, just like with a oof. And you could see his like body is still his his veins like popping out all over his body as his poison still running its course in him. Like it's not damaging him anymore, uh, but he's just like hurt and winded. He's just Chester. Oh, Chester, ah. you're hurt. You're hurt. Here, here, here. And the cascure wounds on Chester. Um. You reach out your hand to do that, and you realize something very interesting. Uh, as you go to reach out your hand, you see that suddenly there's like a cloth tied over it. And you realize that Chester was doing more than just hugging you right there. He's always got your back. Thanks, buddy. And you cast through it. Uh, yeah, give me, that, give me that roll. And that's five. So Chester, just exhausted, gives you a wink. And a smile, and you touch him, and <laughs> uh, that the veins of poison begin to recede, and he just smiles even deeper, like, "Oh hell, oh that feels good. That was awful." It wasn't so good, buddy. That was, that was close. Um, John Franklin just, <laughs> I'll say, it's a good thing I was here to help deal with the opponent. And, and who are you? <laughs> He looks over and then Rat standing behind the under this tent nearby. <laughs> Just a tourist. <laughs> yes, you do look like the sort. Uh, <laughs> Zebulon, what are you doing? Um, I think Zebulon's still afraid. I know that mechanically, that's that's done and over with. But um, he's he's still standing over by the corner of the building. Is it dead? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, <laughs> yes, Dad, you did it. Are you sure, <laughs> Zeb? You're the hero. You're the hero. Ay, ay, ay. It's dead. I want to hear it from Emin Rath. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead already. <laughs> Come on out, son. Okay. <laughs> and Zebulon will. Start to really slowly walk over. All right. Actually, as you're you're moving and walking over, I'll say, like, around the corner, you see Bink comes out. He's, like, storing his knives. Um, He looks satisfied, uh, unhurt. And you actually see him, like, he looks over you, gives you a nod, and then looks around both sides, sees that no one's really moving in yet, and just immediately moves over to the down bodies and just kind of starts, like, 
<laughs> I mean, checking their pockets. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think I think, he'll, I think he'll appreciate that. Yeah. He's he's doing his quick 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 survey. Um. Yep. You know, yeah. Check it out. <laughs> he's seen just pocket a couple things uh, real fast as Zebulon moves uh, towards the towards the group here, and you all kind of come together around the body of this serpent. Wow. What are what are the odds that that you show up now at at, at this time? Mm-hmm. I'm on a mission. I mean, I've been I've been ever ever so close to you, but so far away. I've kept my eye on all of you. If it wasn't for you, Emonrath, we we could have been dead, all of us. We're all here together, and sometimes self-sacrifice is the key. I saw that. I saw the way you you like moved in, then you moved out, and that was like that was perfect because then I had just oh the best shot. Yes, yes, miraculous, miraculous, miraculous. <laughs> Miraculous. It's a roller coaster. <laughs> or a roller coaster. What are, what are you? <laughs> what have you been doing here? Well, after I left you on Subsanko, the night market, I had a mission because the poachers gave me the clues I needed to discover who was spreading this deadly venom. And to find you here at this time was just fate. So. The journey continues, and we will find the poachers and come closer to eliminating this scourge. So, so are these guys, and, and Zebulon points back to the, the downed combatants, are these guys poachers? Uh, I'm in wrath. Uh, go ahead and roll me. <laughs> I'm going to call it a history check with advantage. So that's going to be two d20s. So roll that twice. Eight. Actually, I'll give you investigation too. Thirteen. Thirteen. Uh, plus two investigation. It's a fifteen. Uh, you think of these. You kind of look at these figures. Maybe Bink also like like he pulls up. Maybe like a certain insignia. Oh no. Uh, you know what happens? Bink is over there, and actually he comes down to one of these bodies, and like he feels the body, and it's it's already passed. And you see, he takes out his knife real fast, and just a quick clean cut looks both ways on somewhere on its arm. And he looks at you, and he kind of barely holds up a little piece of like of like skin, with this uh, image on it. it. Looks like a like a serpent eating its own tail, a little tattoo. And he kind of gives you a nod, and you know these are snake eaters. These this is the group you were here to hunt. Why they're in the middle of town? Why they're releasing the? You would assume the rattlesnake they've been milking for its poison. Mm-hmm. Uh, why they're releasing it in the middle of this town, in the middle of a festival? It makes no sense. There's no profit here, and. As you guys see these bodies, I will say um, another weird thing that Bink's kind of noting, and, and you note as well, uh, as they die, the the blood in their eyes suddenly like starts to starts to fall out the sides, leaking out the sides like a slow drip of oil, until their eyes are clear and sightless in death. Well, Jean Franklin kind of picked up on something like that, right? He did. He saw they were being controlled. Um, but you do know that they are the very criminals you were looking for. That's pretty gross, by the way, what you did with that skin. <laughs> Mink ignores you. <laughs> he's, a, he's got nothing to say to you. <laughs> we're getting warmer. So, well, well what's, what's the next step to tracking these guys down? I mean, because there's got to be more than just these three. I'll say right now, I'm in wrath the... The trail's pretty cold. You'll want to examine the scene. Uh, once things die down here, you'll probably want to check things out, investigate, see if you can find any more clues, and maybe there's other worlds where uh, there might be more to find. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that makes sense. But you know, these groups often travel like like, like the group you fought in Sosunko was was smaller like this, and you'd think more than four people here is unlikely because it would garner too much attention. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. Well, what about uh, Bank? Did he find anything of value in the pockets? Uh, <laughs> uh, you definitely see his pockets are a little little bulging. <laughs> or uh, clues. You don't know. You don't necessarily know if it's clues. He's definitely looking for clues, but you know, Bank, he's looking for gold as well, and he's probably finding <laughs> some. <laughs> Man, um, <laughs> what a rapscallion. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I'm not quite sure, to be honest with you. Um, I'm at a loss. I mean, I, I think I would have to spend more time in the area. Yeah, just... we'll say basically following this, uh, Emin Rath himself will cordon off the area and he will perform his investigation <laughs> as a luminary, and, and sure. you know, you'll, you'll be fine with that. Um, well, I can but you see that time is going to be hard because you actually look over and see like a crowd of people is slowly starting to accumulate and like see what's going on and starting mm-hmm. to move towards you. So uh, the time you have right now is going to be limited because, well, you're heroes and you might just get heralded as such now. Hmm. Um, maybe Zebulon will try to make a little space as people start to come in closer. He'll, excuse me, um, stay back, please. Uh, Emin Rath is here. We got to keep this scene, um, sterile. And, uh, <laughs> so just, if you, th- this is the line right here. This is the line. Please don't pass. Um, one little thing though, actually, I, I will say. Uh, Zebulon and all of you as you're kind of like trying to as the crowd's moving in all these people are just like like they're, they're very quiet there's more murmurs right now not a lot of like cheering yet but they're just looking at the snake and like eyes wide but as they start to move in you see one figure resolve itself from like around the side of the of the fountain you see um, this figure stood out to you before. They're like an andro- androgynous gods folk, uh, clad in pr- sort of purple looks like maybe like almost like a religious garb with a big sash down the front and you see they have this slight smile on their face as they're holding a diamond to their eyes. But before you can really move on that, oh, no, 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 the crowd overtakes them and they are, they're gone. And a little bit louder. Yes, I was the one who killed it. I was the one who fired the last shot. That's not important right now. There's an investigation, an active investigation. Oh my Self-promotion. God. And finally, almost hear like one guy like, Hang on a sec. Hell, that's him and Wrath. Yeah. And people are just like starting to go wild. You see hats thrown in the air and like cheering begins then. Um, hey, roll me a persuade or intimidate check, Zebulon, because they're fucking coming. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, I think I'd rather roll persuasion than intimidation one because i don't think zebulon would try to intimidate a crowd but also because my stat is better for persuade all right go ahead it's gonna be good because these guys are hype yeah it doesn't matter that was a three on the die so six total zebulon you're you're trying to hang on, hang on. and all you guys all just see like this this sea of god's folk just plowing oh, through no. you the festival continues you guys are swarmed by excited people <laughs> and we'll call it there <laughs> <laughs>